Well, thank you again for joining us. I do want to mention again, in case you uh, weren't here at the beginning of the service, we are going to be having communion. So make sure you've got your emblems ready as we're going to transition seamlessly into that from the message right into communion. But I'm excited today. It's a weird day. It's a different day. Uh, I'm not here in person with you. I'm not on the platform. I'm in a different room, as you can tell. And I'm excited because we are in the presence of God. Wherever you are, he's there with you. And I'm excited because we're starting a new series. And uh, we've titled this series, Charting a New Course. And we've done that for a bunch of reasons. Uh, one of them is, I know that you're sick of 2020 and you're ready to start 2021. So praise God, it is now 2021. Out with the old, in with the new. Let's get this new year going. Now, unfortunately, we're kind of starting 2021, a bit like 2020 ended. I mean, we were in a lockdown New Year's Eve, and here we are the first Sunday of the new year, and we're still locked down. But I believe God's got great things in store for you this year. I don't know all of what's going to happen, and if there's one thing I learned from 2020, it's to stop pretending that I know what's going to happen. But I do know that God has a plan for you this year, and it's a good plan. And so through this series, Charting a New Course, we're going to be taking a look at the book of Ephesians. We thought it's a great book with a lot of insight into our lives and a bit of an overview of the series and the book itself. If you want to track along with us, you can actually be reading these chapters. We're just going to take one chapter per week. We're not going to be preaching verse by verse, but we are going to be preaching chapter by chapter. And so this week, it's a message inspired by Ephesians chapter 1. Next week, Ephesians chapter 2, and so on and so forth. So uh, if you're really keen, you can read the chapter ahead of time. Uh, if you prefer homework, you can read the chapter after the fact. Uh, you can honestly just listen to the message, and I believe you'll be blessed. But if you want to take it to the next level, why don't you track with us and uh, as a family, read through those chapters week by week as we go through those messages. But really the heart of Ephesians is it starts off talking about God's plan for us and it looks at how we used to be dead and we were trapped in sin and how God resurrected us, brought us into new life as part of his amazing plan for us. And then it looks at some of how we as Christians are to navigate this new life that we have. We, we chart this course and, and try to navigate how to be a Christian, how to live. And so uh, there's a variety of topics in there, but all themed around what it looks like to live a godly Christian life. And so I know as we go through these next weeks, you're going to be blessed, you're going to be inspired, and uh, you're going to discover some new and wonderful things that God has for you and your life as we move into this new year. And I'm really excited about this morning because we're talking about God's plan. And I know many of you have been asking this year, what's the plan? In a lot of different ways you're asking that. And uh, even at the government level, whether it's regional, provincial, federal, uh, different national governments around the world, I mean, they're trying to respond to COVID-19 and roll out vaccines. And I've heard a lot of different 
thoughts and opinions and criticisms and we're not here to get into all of that. I mean, we pray for those in government and, and those who have a difficult job right now, um, but uh, we just choose to focus on Jesus and his plan, regardless of what their plans are, regardless of whether you think they're doing a great job or a poor job. I want you to know that there's another plan that's more important than the plans of our governments or the plans that we try to make for our vacations and our businesses and our work life. There's a plan that's more important than even our plans as a church. And I mean, we've had an interesting year. We've had to pivot. We're not doing our annual meeting how and when we normally would. Um, but this plan is more important than those other plans. And I actually, spoiler alert, I have a copy of the master plan. I'm going to show you later. So stick around. I'm excited to share that with you. Because regardless of what plans you have that have been messed up, I know that God's got a plan and it has not been thrown off by the past year, by COVID-19, by the pandemic. And so we're going to be looking at that. But if you've been asking, what's the plan? This is the sermon for you. And I'm really got today on my heart and I've got you on my heart who are struggling. And some of you are doing great, and I praise God for that. But I know, even just statistically, without hearing from you personally, that mental health issues have been on the rise this year, whether that's something that's been brought out for the first time by COVID-19 and the pandemic and the lockdowns and different issues related to that, or whether it's something that's been there most of your life and it's just been brought to a new level. I know that whether you're Christian, non-Christian, whether you're in ministry or have nothing to do with God, that mental health issues are on the rise and it's a reality that I don't want to ignore. And it's a reality that's close to my heart. Now, I am not a mental health professional. I am not a doctor. I am not a psychotherapist. I have no credentials. So nothing in this message is going to be advice or prescription. But what I can do is encourage you and I can relate to you. Because depression is something that I experienced in my life in a very real and tangible way. And back when I was 17, 18 was the worst of that. And uh, it's been a factor in my life outside of just those years. But that was when I really hit rock bottom personally. And at that point in my life, I was asking, what's the plan? Or another way of phrasing it is, what is my purpose? I was going through life and at that stage, not believing in God, not believing in any kind of high, higher power. I just, I thought I was just here and you die and that's it. And my life, it was better than some. I could recognize that. I mean, if I looked at it on paper, you know, I, I live in a decent town. I lived uh, in a family that provided well enough for me. And, you know, all of my physical needs were met far better than many people in the world. Uh, I had friends who, you know, seemed to care about me, family who uh, I knew loved me and cared about me. All of these pieces were there. And yet my life just felt so empty and meaningless. It, it felt without purpose, without structure, without any kind of a plan. And I was carrying so much pain in my heart. And I thought, well, if there's no meaning and there's no purpose, then why would I even want to bother? Why would I keep going on? And this pain in my heart, it kept building and building. And I was so devoid of hope that when I was a teenager, I actually got to the point where I gave up and 
I didn't want to die, but I didn't know how I could go on living with this pain that I was constantly feeling. And I didn't see any reason to keep going through all of this pain because I thought, well, after I'm done, after I'm gone, after I've died, there's nothing anyway. So what am I fighting for? And I'm going to skip through a bunch of the story. I mean, you can see that I'm here today, but I took a bottle of pills. I believe that that night was my last night on earth, my last night in existence. And in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that hopelessness, God showed up while I was on my bathroom floor ready to die. And I got what I can only describe as a revelation of hope. It was like God had this physical thing called hope in his hand and he stuck it into my chest. And suddenly I couldn't explain why, I couldn't explain where it came from, but I just had this realization that it doesn't have to end this way. And in that moment, I reached out to God and in desperation, I started praying because I thought, well, that's great. It doesn't have to end this way, but I've already taken the pills, God. Like, it's kind of too late. Couldn't you have done that a couple hours ago? I, I honestly thought that, you know, I, okay, I've got hope, but now I'm going to die anyway. And I was scared, but I'd grown up in the church and I knew how to pray. And so I started crying out to God asking him to bring me through that and hey you can see I'm still here today and uh, I believe that a miracle happened that night but the bigger miracle wasn't me not dying on that bathroom floor and you know what if you dove into it I'm sure you could come up with a medical scientific explanation I'm sure there are those of you out there who could explain it away in the natural and that's fine because to me the biggest miracle is the miracle of hope did my depression disappear overnight? No, absolutely not. It was a painful journey and I've gone through highs and lows in life. I've had good days and bad days. But from that moment, I knew that there was a purpose, that there was a master plan. And one of the books of the Bible that really spoke to me coming out of that season of my life was Ephesians. And so that's part of why I'm so excited about this series is because I know what this book, what these words have done in my life. And I believe that there is a life in what's found in the book of Ephesians. And I believe that God wants to take that life and give it to you. And so if you're barely getting by, if you're barely holding on, I believe that God wants to give you hope. Do I think that everything's going to get better overnight? No. Do I think that your mental health realities are going to disappear? No. Do I think you should stop seeing counselors and professionals? Absolutely not. You should keep going through those avenues. But I believe that the hope that God gives is like the, the glue that puts all the rest of that together, the rest of your battle with mental health. If you have that hope, then the rest of it becomes just a little bit easier. It helps you fight and it helps you hold on. And so we find this master plan in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 14. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. 
is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered us with kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. That's the plan. And just in case you didn't catch it, I want to pull out a few highlights from that plan that apply spe specifically to you and what that means in your life. And so starting out, what is the plan? Well, first off, the plan is God loves you and he always has. That is a key component to the plan. And before getting into any of the other aspects of the plan, you need to know that he loves you. Whether you believe it or not, whether you believe he exists or not, God loves you. We talked about that over Christmas, if you've been following along with us. We talked about how really God sending his son is an expression of his love. And so he loves you. The plan is that he's offering you freedom and forgiveness. Maybe you feel caught by your past. Maybe you feel that the mistakes that you made are unforgivable. Maybe you feel dirty and worthless. I don't know how you're feeling right now. But I want you to know that part of God's plan is freedom from sin and forgiveness for any of the mistakes that you've made. Not because any of us deserve it, but because God loves us and because he sent his son for us. Here's the key verse. Here's what I really want to highlight. Paul says the plan is this. He's planning to bring everything together under the authority of Christ. And right now, we're not there yet, to be honest. This part of the plan hasn't happened yet. But we have a hope. I know that this year in 2021, I, I pray it's better than 2020 because I know it was a tough year for a lot of you. But here's the reality. There will be pain, there will be brokenness, there will be trouble, there will be difficulties. It's not going to be perfect. But we have a promise of a perfect plan where one day Jesus is going to come back and make everything right. He doesn't promise us that this life will be perfect. He doesn't promise us that this life will be carefree, but he promises us that he will give us the strength to endure. He will give us the strength to stay faithful 
and that one day we will have our reward as we are given an eternity with him where we are finally free from all that pain, where there will be no more tears or sickness or pain, where we will be eternally basking in his love and his presence, where all we have to do is worship him. And so I know that God wants you there in eternity with him, that he wants to bring you through this imperfect part of your life, this broken season, and that he wants to remind you that the perfect is coming, that Jesus is coming back. The last thing about the plan is he makes everything work according to his plan. Again, I know there's brokenness. I know there's difficulty. I know it's not all good. There's a lot that we don't understand. But the thing that blows me away about God is that so many things that I've seen in my life that were so horrible, that I thought at the time were the worst, that I didn't even know if I could get through. As I look back with hindsight, I see how God takes them and uses them. God doesn't send us misery. He doesn't send us pain. It's not him spitefully or angrily sending wrath down upon us. But he takes those things, those pieces of brokenness, and he uses them. And so even as I look at my own struggle with mental health and my depression and my attempted suicide, and, and that was the lowest point in my life, and I, I wouldn't wish that anyone would go through that. And yet I look at how God has taken my journey and my story, and I look at how he brought me through that pain and how he's equipped me to share that story with so many others. I spent a couple years of my life traveling in Arctic Canada and sharing a story of hope with young people who were struggling with depression, who were committing suicide at an epidemic rate. And I got to be a part of God's plan in bringing hope to them. And so I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I can tell you that as dark as it might be, as difficult as it might be, that God is able to take that brokenness and pain and one day I believe that he will use it in a profound way to bless others and to fit into his master plan. But that last question, what is my purpose that I ask? Well, Paul spells it out. He says he chose us as his own so that we would praise and glorify him. I know some of you are looking for more specifics and, you know, I said, well, I've got the master plan and, you know, if you're looking for answers on when your business can reopen, I can't help you. I don't know who can. If you're looking for answers on when should you book those plane tickets for that vacation, that's not in the master plan that I have. If you're looking for specific answers about all of the things that the church is going to be doing this year, well, I've got some idea because I'm on the board, but honestly, that could change. I can't predict everything that's going to happen. 2020, again, that, that's been proven to me that I don't have all the answers. But I do know that there are some core things in this plan. And I've realized through just the way that life has gone and through sermons I've heard and what God has spoken to me, that really God's concern is not necessarily about the specifics of exactly what I'm doing, but what God really cares about is where my heart is and how I'm pursuing him in my daily life. He's concerned about a relationship with him because in this life, 
you will have ups and you will have downs. In this life, you will have wonderful days where you can't believe how lucky you are just to be alive. And you will have miserable days where you wish that you've never woken up. Maybe you'll wish that you were never born. I mean, I, I've been there at points in my life. You will have those highs and those lows. We all do. But God wants to be so present in your life. He wants to be so real to you that whether you're at a high or at a low, that you're still able to worship him because you've got something greater than those momentary emotions, those, those things that come and go in life. You have an eternal promise and an eternal future. God wants to help you through those moments, but one of the greatest things that will get you through those is a hope that there is a purpose, that you were put on this earth for a reason, that he will take your pain and he will use it for the good of others, that he will take whatever's happening in your life and he will work it out for your own good. And that ultimately one day he's got a plan where he's going to have you in an eternal relationship with him where all of this pain and misery is a thing of the distant past, practically forgotten because we are so wrapped up in his presence. And so some of you may wonder why we take all this time to sing these songs and all of that. And what we're trying to do is just have a tiny little taste, a tiny preview of what the presence of God looks like in heaven. We can read it in the Bible, this worship in heaven. And it's what we do on a Sunday is honestly just a hint of that. But I believe that if you'll focus in with us, if you'll worship with us, that you'll catch a glimpse of what that eternity might look like. And so we're going to worship again in a minute. But before we do, I want to look back at the cross. Because the thing about God's plan is, the cross is where the plan begins. Back in December, we talked about the cradle to the cross and God's plan for Jesus and how he sent Jesus as a baby and we looked at the different characters in that story and what happened as Jesus came as a baby. But we looked at the fact that it was part of a greater plan where he wasn't just coming as a baby, but he was actually coming because he was on a journey to the cross. But where that journey ended, or pause really, because Jesus isn't done yet, as we just said. But where the cross happened, where, where that segment ended is where your journey begins. It's where the plan for your life begins. And whether you've been following God for years now or whether you are just looking into this whole Christianity thing, the reality is that there is a real difference in your life when you say yes to God. And I know many of you can witness to that, but maybe you haven't said yes. Well, I can promise you that if you will say yes to God, that you will turn the page on the old and start something new and wonderful in your life. You will embark on the master plan that God has for you. And I don't know what difficulties you'll have. I don't know what you're going to have to go through. But I know that if you say yes to God, whatever you go through, it is good. But it all starts at the cross. And so this first Sunday of 2021, we want to start 
with having communion and remembering that cross. And so, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was sitting with his disciples, just about to go on that cross, and he was sharing with them about what was going to happen. He was sharing with them a little bit about the master plan, and they didn't really get it at that point. But he used some symbolism that we repeat to this day. And he talked about his body being broken for us. And he took bread that was there at the table as they were eating. And I don't know if it looked something like this. I don't know exactly what those loaves looked like. But he took that bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. And he said, as often as you take it, do it in remembrance of me. And so I want you to take whatever emblem you have. And I want you to think about Jesus, his body that was beaten, he was whipped, he was nailed to a cross, he was pierced with a spear. All of that thinking of you and thinking about this glorious master plan that he had for you. And so, would you take the body today and would you remember how it was broken for us? And then, after the meal was finished, he took a cup and he said, this cup represents my blood poured out for you. And so would you take whatever you've got, your, your grape juice, whatever, your, whatever emblem you're using this morning, and as you take it and as you look at it, I want to encourage you to think about the blood of Jesus. We're going to worship in a minute. We're going to have that little taste of heaven in a minute here, and we're going to sing about the blood of Jesus. And I love this song. It's a classic that many of you will know. It asks the question, what can wash away my sins? The answer, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so again, whether you've been following God for decades and you're looking back to so long ago in your life where you said yes to Jesus and where those sins were washed away, or whether you're just thinking about it today and you're just starting to meet with this amazing Jesus who loves you, whatever mistakes are in your past, whether it's decades ago or whether it's a few minutes ago, the blood of Jesus washes away your sins if you just say yes to his master plan. And so would you take this symbol of his blood with me and remember the sacrifice that he made to wash away your sins. Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you for your blood that washes us clean, washes away our sins, and leaves us pure and spotless. Jesus, we are so thankful that you loved us and that you created this master plan for our lives, that you created a plan of redemption and salvation, that you created a plan where you could take us from a broken, hurting world, that you took us from our sin, from our mistakes, from a place where we were dirty and unworthy of anything, and you had a plan to bring us into your presence to make us pure, to make us holy, so that we could spend eternity with you. Jesus, we are so grateful 
that your master plan included us. And so today, we worship you as a response to that amazing love. We look at you, Jesus, and we say we love you and we are thankful and we can't wait to spend an eternity in your presence, but may our lives be lifted up as worship to you through the highs and through the lows, through the good and through the bad, through the bright days and the dark days. May we worship you through it all because regardless of what we're facing, you are good and we love you, Jesus. Amen.